Blog Talk Radio. So we had the debate last week. I was impressed that two seventy-somethings can go that long without having to pee. Also, when the debate is on, I like to play a drinking game. If anyone is talking, I drink. I'm Brett Singer. This is my show. Hello, good morning, it's Friday, October 30th, yeah, yeah, it's Brett from the Bunker, a.k.a. Brett Singer Radio. Eventually, I'm going to have to stop calling it Brett from the Bunker, because I'm not really in the bunker anymore. I was in the bunker for so many months, and now I actually go outside, although not today because it's raining. But I am joined today by Genevieve Eckelart and Ben Hyriggs. Guys, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, pretty, I'm pretty cool. good. Yeah, you know, I, 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 uh, it's funny. I don't really like the rain, but it doesn't really matter because I'm not going anywhere. So it's sort of <laughs> irrelevant. Um, are you guys going out? Where, uh, where, actually, where are you before we get too much into it? Um, we are both in Iowa City. Iowa City, okay, mm-hmm. and you're in college. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. college is that? University of Iowa. University of Iowa. All right, so now the reason – you guys are on today is because I, I I don't know about Ben, but definitely Genevieve was at an open mic, and you said you were there as part, not so much as part of, but you were taking a stand-up comedy class in college, and I was fascinated by this, because when I was in college, I took crappy classes like physical geography and not stand-up comedy, which sounds amazing, and I really wanted to talk to you about that, so I'm, I'm curious. Um, what, is the, what is the class called? Yeah, oh, fine, uh, so Ben and I are... Yeah, we're uh, we're both in this class, and it's called stand-up comedy practicum. Um, so it has a very official name, but yeah, we really just learn how to do stand-up comedy, which is a super cool class to be able to take. And you get credit for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. That's fantastic. Um, I love my parents that. don't believe it either. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> that's the thing. As a parent, I might have some issues with it, but as a as a former student, I think it's amazing. So I I could see a parent being like, seriously, you get to do that. Um, now, are what may what's your guys major? I'm a theater arts major. Okay, I'm actually that a double a, major. I'm in English and creative writing and theater arts. Okay, so that's part of a theater arts major. I guess that makes a little more sense. How many people are in the class? Sixteen, I think. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. That's a, it's about how many in the first comedy class that I took, but mine was not a college class. So I now I'm just curious what you guys learn in class. So can we go over your syllabus? Yeah, uh, um, I have it pulled mm-hmm. up here. Um, so I guess uh, course description is basically just uh, it says in this course students will study and practice stand-up comedy. We will place an emphasis less on creating a false comic persona and more on pulling from and articulating personal truth, um, which is something that uh, our professor, Megan, focuses on a lot. Um, is just you don't want to try to impersonate any comics that you like. You definitely don't want to steal any jokes or bits from them. It's all about finding the funny in your personal truth, um, which is pretty fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we have, like, a textbook, I guess. But it's uh, Bobby Oliver's The Tao of Comedy, Embrace the Pause. Um, so, like, we'll read chapters from that, just kind of like a normal class and everything. Um, and, I mean, we have assignments. Our our biggest assignments are just to go to uh, open mics uh, every other week. Um, uh, that's 
basically it. And then uh, we watch Netflix specials and discuss them sometimes. And um, I'm sure Ben can touch on stuff more too. Oh my God, this sounds like the greatest, uh, sounds like the greatest yeah, class ever. Um, uh, I, just, I mean, I, please that, go on. I mean, this is wonderful. Um, one of the things that is very beneficial about this class is a lot of young comedians. They say they, they start out, I don't know where to go. I don't have any direction. I just kind of kind of fell into this, and I got through it eventually. Um, and here they're giving us like a very good focal point. It's almost like a dock, if you will. You're going to get on this ship. But here's some things to avoid. Don't um, get caught up in medicating yourself. That's how a lot of comedians can end up with some serious drinking drug problems. Um, and also just sort of honing your act. Make it personal to yourself. Do some act outs. You know, really kind of explore yourself. And it's a lot of valuable advice that I don't think you'd get other places necessarily. Interesting. I, I wonder about that. I mean, I think, well, I mean, to me, the nice thing is, is that you're starting young, is that if this is something you wind up continuing to do, then you've started with a foundation and, and you know, you're not getting into it. I mean, I got into it very late in life, so I'm, I'm not the best example. But, you know, the, you're, you're, you're starting about as young as you can start unless you start in high school, which is rare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is cool. And being able to have you know, an environment uh, like Iowa City where there are a lot of open mics happening usually. So, like, when this uh, course is able to be done in person, um, there are opportunities, like, every night for people to be going out to open mics and, um, you know, getting experience under their belt. Because that's um, Megan's, uh, our professor's biggest thing is just go to open mics, just keep going. Um, Because that's the only way that you're really going to learn what's working and what's not. And you have to be comfortable up there um, because that's the biggest hurdle to kind of get over is just being able to be up there and and feel comfortable enough to tell your jokes. Um, But yeah, with the pandemic and everything, we can't really do that. Uh, But we found a lot of great online ones, um, like good ones. Uh, That's where we met. Um, So that one's been really great, and a lot of us uh, started going there regularly. Yeah, that's a terrific mic. It's, It's also nice if I need a mic. And, and don't don't uh, misunderstand. When I say need, I mean that. Like if, like if I go through a day and I don't go to a mic, I feel dirty. Like I feel, I need to mm-hmm. go. I need to go. And and it's funny because it's it's not just practicing the set because it's it's some of that, but it's also doing it in front of other people, even if it's on mm-hmm. Zoom. I mean, you know, the fact that it's on Zoom is makes it easier in some ways. It's obviously not the same as doing it live. But it also means that it's, you know, it's 4.55 and I say, oh, crap, I haven't done a mic today. They have a mic every day at 5 o'clock. I can just hop on and just do it. So that's, you know, that's one thing mm-hmm. that makes them so good. Um, and it's a good mic. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's no, kind of like going to the gym. And some... it's, it's totally like going to the gym. It, that, the, you, we use the word reps, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, by, by the way, if I went to the gym as often as I went to open mics, I'd be in much better shape. <laughs> Uh, but I, because go, to me, going to, going to an open mic, it's not a heavy lift. Uh, you know, going to the gym, it's an act. It's, you know, for, it's an unfortunate pun or whatever, but uh, that is more of an issue for me. But going to an open mic is definitely not. Um, well, then, you show up at a gym with a martini, they're going to yell at you. Exactly. Exactly. Now, is your professor a comedian? Uh, yes, uh, she is. is. Oh, okay. Um, so now you say you go to an open mic every other week? Yeah, uh, so it's kind of split into, like, uh, Group A and Group B. The class is split in half. And one week, Group A goes to the open mics, and one week, Group B goes, and so it switches off. Um, And 
for the idea of like having comedy buddies. So it's a lot less terrifying to go to an open mic if you have somebody else there. And then also you have somebody who can give you feedback on what you're doing and um, discuss your work in class and things like that. Um, but I think it's nice because the Every Other Week kind of gives you time, especially because we're new and we're learning a lot of things in the class, like, you know, act out and joke structure and in Congress Association, things like that. We learn, you know, a new thing and tackle that uh, type of joke building each week. And so uh, by doing an open mic every other week, we kind of have time to curate more jokes and, and get ready for the next open mic, especially because, I mean, I don't know about Ben, but still being a new comic. And I took this class not because I have any interest whatsoever in stand-up comedy, but because I like to take a class every semester that terrifies me. Um, and that was this class. Uh, so it's it's really nice to have a little bit of breathing space to be able to, like, take a week or so to, to write some jokes and kind of get a handle on the whole thing, because this is a very new world to me, at least. Oh, okay. So well, you were not um, someone who was dying to do comedy. No. <laughs> I was, uh, I've always been voted the least funny in my class, like, below my dog. Like, like, <laughs> like among my family, like, everybody was just like, our dog is funnier than you are. You are not funny in any capacity. So that's why I was like, well, maybe I can learn to be funny. Okay. And really, um, yeah, go ahead, Ben. I'm the opposite. I've like wanted to be a comedian for a long time. And I actually, I couldn't believe if anybody's ever heard Genevieve that she's amazing. She actually is very funny. Um, don't let her lie to you. Uh, I (laughs) I couldn't believe that anybody ever would vote her like the least funny. Like actually, I thought she was one of the best people in our class, like just kind of naturally, um, it's fun. Uh, being funny in life has nothing to do with being funny on stage. It really doesn't. I mean, I oh. mean, I mean, there are certainly people. Obviously, if you are funny in life, maybe it makes it a little easier for you to for you to kind of riff and to come up with stuff. But you know, one thing has nothing to do with the other. Like, like you can be. There are plenty of comedians that you talk to them off 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 stage, and they're just you know, you're like, how is this person a comedian? But they're hilarious on stage. Well, that's good to know that they have nothing to do with each other, really. Now, is it something you want to con- want to continue? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I don't know if it's something I would necessarily continue. I think it's like would be fun to just do as like a, a side thing. But my career goals are definitely actor oriented. Um, but okay. this is very helpful in terms of you know timing, learning things like that, or even just improv things that are a great acting skill to have that I think are definitely going to help me moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. definitely. This is a very like performance-based class where you, it's, you're more comfortable saying things, delivery, um, all in all, having more of a stage presence that I'm not entirely sure if they, it's, you work on ways that you don't with typical acting classes um, because this way you're writing the script you're getting to say your own words. You can change it if it doesn't make sense to you. You, just, you can't do that as a performer. That's one of, or as an actor, that's one of the things that really like strict about, at least my experience. So okay. No, I think it's good for actors. I I, I know, and and by the way, I think it's the kind of thing that actors take naturally to. Now, some actors get up and they're not really ready to, you know, they're happy to talk about themselves, but they're not really ready to dig in and get to the funny. So that's that's definitely a thing. I mean, but there, but it's but you know when you're comfortable on stage, that's half the battle. Like you know, 
you can if you can get up there and you can hold the stage then as long as you've got material then you're okay there's a guy who's got a special coming out he was just on the show last week john marco seresi and he has an acting background he's a terrific comic um, and part of it is that he's just so natural on stage and so comfortable and, and really just incredibly smooth. And it, it, but he writes good material. So, you know, when you can, when you can combine those two things, then you're golden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Genevieve, who are some of your favorite comedians? Ooh, I love Chelsea Peretti. Um, okay. I think she's fantastic. Uh, I think she's a very fun, unique style and I just, I enjoy a lot of her specials. Um, I mean, John Mulaney, of course, I think he's super great right now. Um, and then we also watched uh, for our class uh, Wanda Sykes stand-up. And I've never actually Oh, seen she's so good. Um, did you know, her, did you know so her before you watched it in class? Yeah, I knew her as, like, an actor, though, not as you know, okay. a kind of comedian. So to, like, actually watch her do stand-up. I mean, I was not surprised that she was incredible, but it was really cool to, to see her do the stand-up. And, yeah, yeah she she's an amazing, amazing stand-up. So good. I've, I've been a fan of hers for years. She's terrific. Uh, ben, how about you? Who are some of your favorite stand-ups? Oh, um, a big fan of John Mulaney, like everybody else. Um, I... Uh, I'm a big fan of Big J. Okerson. Um, I feel like we have a lot in common. Uh, I also really like Ron Fuchs. Really, like kind of my test for comedians, if I like the material or not, it's like, do I want to tell people about the joke I heard? Am I thinking about it after I heard it? And I think that's kind of – I find that a lot in most people. At least now, like, now, so something it, clips that you'll see on YouTube. Something interesting just happened. You said male comedians, and Genevieve said mostly female comedians. Do you think women tend to gravitate towards female comics and men gravitate towards male comics? I um, don't know if it's like that black and white, but I think there's definitely an influence. I find, um, for example, I mean, we, we discuss a lot of these specials, um, and we watched uh, a Ronnie Chang one, mm-hmm. and um, he has a very specific persona that's uh, a little more aggressive and a little more angry, um, and we talked about it, and we the the female half of the class was really like unsettled for the first half of his special and didn't find it very funny because we were unsure how we felt about him because he came out just so loud and aggressive and just with with this this persona that we didn't quite trust and then like about halfway through his special he was like oh i'm just i'm just like this or he he explained why you know he behaves the way that he behaves, and then we were on his side. And then the rest of the special, I couldn't stop laughing the whole time. I thought he was great, but I had to feel comfortable first before I could, you know, trust him. And then all of the the males in our class were talking about it, and they were like, oh, my God, I loved him the second he came out. I loved that aggressive energy. It was so great. Um, So I definitely think that there is uh, an influence. I I find myself uh, unsure a lot of times about what – male comics are going to say just because of the history of what a lot of male comics have said, you know, have personally made me incredibly uncomfortable sometimes. And so I think with male comedians, you kind of have to like, from a female perspective, when I see a male comedian, I kind of have to judge pretty quickly whether or not I'm going to trust him to not make terrible jokes about me uh, or, you know, that, that sort of an idea just because it's, it's been there in the past and it's something that I think most females are, are hyper aware of. Um, whereas a female comic, I'm like, well, she's not going to make awful misogynistic jokes 
Um, but then again, I don't know if there's a male perspective on that point, like, oh, is she only going to make man-hating jokes or, or things like that. But um, And I think most male comics uh, nowadays I have zero issues with. There's, you know, uh, there's not often I come across, you know, modern male comedians that um, – go into those kind of jokes or things like that or, or say anything that makes me feel unsafe or uncomfortable. Um, but you still, I think, are on guard as a woman all the time. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that, like, I only like female comedians or, or men don't like female comedians as much, but there's definitely some sort of an influence there that I've noticed. What, uh, what about a guy like Bill um, Barr? Like, he's, he's pretty aggressive and, you know, uh, very... A lot of heavy, heavy-duty male energy. Yeah, uh, I haven't gotten into uh, a, a lot of Bill Burr at all, but I do notice too when there are a lot of, they're like so like dick jokes, right? Those are like uh, in a lot of male comedians' repertoires, and uh, I've noticed like male comedians who can do like aggressive dick jokes and do them like well in a way that still invites all audience members who may not have a dick into their performance. And then ones that are just like aggressive and clearly are just male directed comedy. Um, and so I haven't watched, you know, uh, Bill Burr's like enough of his stuff to like have an opinion about that. But I think when it comes to like aggressive male oriented comedy, that's kind of, you know, my opinion on it sometimes. And, and I think also that's just like not my taste. Um, I know plenty of women who love jokes like that, but also I think there is a fine line between doing it because it's an actually, like, funny joke and you can invite the whole audience into that joke and one that's very much geared towards men. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I look, funny is funny is, is really where I come down. I think whatever it is, you know, it, there are – there are male comedians that I don't like. There are female comedians that I don't like. And, there, you know, there are, there are comics that are huge. I'm not going to name names, but there are comics that are massive that have, you know, multiple Netflix specials. And I'm like, eh, like it just, it just doesn't get me. And, and I, don't, I don't think everything is subjective. I think in general funny is funny. Uh, but, every, but certainly every now and then there will be something where I just don't get it. Like it, it just doesn't appeal to me for whatever reason. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. You know, it's, uh, you, I, I would draw the line at, you know, when, you, when you're saying, unless something really is offensive, but, you know, saying, you know, I, it's offensive, no one should be doing that. And it's sort of like, well, you know, unless it's really offensive. You, and I'm not, I don't think, I'm not saying you said that. I'm just sort of going, going to another place. Because in general, like, you can joke about anything. This is from Judy Gold's new book, which I highly recommend, is, which is kind of about free speech and comedy, which is a huge thing right now, obviously. And... You can joke about anything as long as it's funny. Like there, you know, there is room for whatever for whatever joke. Like you know, she makes it. She there are Holocaust jokes that are hilarious, and that Holocaust survivors will think are hilarious. But you know, they're but they they will get people on edge. But they're still funny. So I mean, you know, when you're talking about you know a male comic kind of going to a place, and I think you know maybe I don't know maybe they're maybe they're not as good. But maybe maybe it's really the good ones. Like you got, you love you both mentioned John Mulaney. Like clearly, he's someone who crosses over. Like he, there's no issues with any of his comedy, right? Mm-hmm. I um, mean, no. He definitely, he definitely takes things places, um, like pretty far, I think, uh, in terms of his comedy. But no, like any major issues with him, no. Yeah, because he's, re- he's really good. <laughs> you know, maybe that's maybe that's what it comes it's down like to. Oh. Oh, sorry, Ben. It's go like ahead. I'm afraid to be. Oh, it's like I'm going to be afraid to be in a room with John Mulaney. Like I'm not. 
He isn't like well, now, now that's interesting. Who would you be afraid to be in a room with? That's that's interesting to me. Well, I mean, I'm a six foot, like three hundred pound male. Like I'm pretty big, so I'm not really afraid to be in a room with a lot of people. Okay. Um, if I was a smaller woman, I would be afraid because I've heard the stories, and that's something that just I don't have an answer to. I my I feel terrible that that's something that even has to cross your anyone's minds. You're talking um, about you're talking about big name comics or or things that go, things that go on at comedy like, clubs. I mean, technically both because def, definitely the CD bar area is not a safe haven for anybody. Um, and of course, with what happened with Louis C.K. Not to bring that up because everybody's talked about that for years. Um, it's a dangerous world. Um, oh no! What Louis C.K. did was unforgivable. I mean, there's no, there's right. not it's, any, it's, yeah. yeah, there's, there's no, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Horrible. Right. That is completely unacceptable behavior that no one should ever tolerate under any circumstance enough to like, but I mean, like, that's not my, it's horrible. That's all I can really say about it. Um, but I have found that when I'm watching, cause I really, I should have listened to more female comics cause I'm a big fan of Miss Pat. Um, oh, Miss Pat. Oh my God, Miss Pat! I forgot about Miss Pat. You know, you know. Sometimes there's comics, and you sort of hear about them. You hear them, and they're hilarious. And then they just, you know, there's so much, there's so much comedy, and it just goes out of your mind. But wow, but Miss Pat is hilarious. Pat's hilarious. Nikki Glazer is hilarious. Yeah, um, Nikki Glazer. Nikki Glazer said something so funny at the roast of the roast of Bruce Willis. She called Dom Irera a sleepy potato. Which is I don't even I can't even you probably don't even know who Dom Irera is, but he he looks like a sleepy potato. It was just perfect. <laughs> right. So we, I, as a male comedian, I don't feel or like isolated from women. If they're going on like a man hating joke, I'm usually kind of in on it because I don't like a lot of other men too. Um. So I don't feel isolated or attacked because I'm not usually the person they're complaining about. See, I preferred, I'll just give you an example of two comedy specials I watched recently, Tom Papa's special to Taylor Tomlinson's special. And it's, they're both very skilled comedians. It's got nothing to do with them not being good. But Tom Papa's talking about being married and having kids, and Taylor Tomlinson is talking about dating. Which one am I going to relate to more? You know, like which one? Which one just just speaks to me more? Where, you know, and, and it's going to be Tom Papa. Like now, now Tom Papa's also got a lot of years on Taylor Tomlinson, so that that may not be the most fair comparison. But you know, a lot of what Taylor Tomlinson was talking about, I just didn't I just didn't relate to. Which which isn't to say that, that can't be done. Like the, it's not that you can't laugh at something that you don't relate to. But given the choice between the two, I definitely preferred Tom Papa. But but I don't but I don't think that was about a male energy thing. Yeah, I I I've mm-hmm. also watched. Uh, I didn't watch all of Tom Papa's, but we watched a little bit of it in class, and then I watched Taylor Tomlin's on my own, and I definitely resonated with hers more, but just because, like, we're the same age and experiencing all the same things I am. And, you know, Tom Papa's talking about, of course, marriage and children, which is something that I have zero... I don't don't see why you should be able to relate to that. My son does does not like Jim Gaffigan. I think Jim Gaffigan is gut-bustingly funny. You know, and his, oh, but it, it, it just it's it speaks it says nothing to him. Now, now I'm not again. I'm not saying now. I would say you should probably he should probably give Jim Gaffigan more of a chance because Gaffigan is operating to me at a higher level. Like he's he's one he's one of the best comics working today. Um, I actually got a note from him once on stage, which was which was you know just a great experience. It was so much fun. But he's super nice. Like he watched my set, actually told me a thing that he you know gave me a note. 
Um, he said, you know, when you say – this is my terrible Jim Gaffigan impression. When you say uh, stay-at-home dad, you should say emasculated. Does that make sense? You know, I was like, yes, yes, Jim Gaffigan, that makes perfect sense. That's terrific. Thank you. You know, It's like, oh, my well, God, you watched my I mean, set. I mean, you know, what the hell? I mean, he's got a fan for life for me. I mean, you know, he, he, could, he could never put out a good special again, and I'd still love it. But he um, – you know he's he's operating at a very high level. He's a terrific, amazing comic. So I mean, I would think maybe you know he, his stuff could transcend. But there's just there's nothing in there. You know he prefers uh, Gabriel Iglesias, and Gabriel you know Gabriel Iglesias just speaks to him more. And I I have no problem with that. There's no there's enough comedy for there's enough comedy for everybody to have something that they like. Yeah, I true. think too. Going going back to what you said about us starting comedy young and in college, I think it's like I, I remember seeing Taylor Tomlin's special when I was going through Netflix, and I was like, wait, somebody that young, you know, has a Netflix special. I think that, like, you don't see it that often. Um, at least for me, I don't see, you know, a young woman who looks like me having a, a stand-up special. No, that, she's, unusually, she's unusually young. Yeah, and so I think it's it's great, like you were talking about us starting young and, and learning in college. It, it opens up this this large this larger pool for comedy and for, for people to choose from because we all do have different tastes and if we are really getting to like the truth of our lives to find the funny, we, we're going to want people who have similar lives to us. Yeah, I mean, I think I and I think you probably I would say don't limit yourself to that. You know, like I like oh, yeah, Tom Papa. Tom Papa is a really skilled comic. Like whatever oh, yeah, whatever yeah. else you want to say about him, but I mean, you know, if like it, so you said you watched the Tom Papa in class, but you watched the Taylor Tomlinson on your own. Is that what you said? Yes, yeah. Who, who, just out of curiosity, who else have you watched in class? Um, right now we're watching uh, Maria Bamford. Oh, um, she's really good. Yeah. And it's, Richard it's Pryor. Really... Oh, Richard Pryor, okay, obviously the classics, that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We watched uh, Patton Oswalt a little bit. Oh, uh, he's terrific. Yeah, he's great. We were watching him to learn about, like, Act outs and storytelling and and things like that. So, which he's fantastic at. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just amazing. Yeah, he's talented at everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, whether he's doing stand up or he's doing a Disney movie, it doesn't really matter. Like he can he can really do it all. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, he's such a great narrator. Um, I think that's part of it to do because he just comments on everything so well. Yeah, no, no, no. He's, watching... he, he, he's, yeah. he's he's top level. I mean, that's you know he he's also a guy who can do who can do jokes about like you know Marvel comics and stuff and make it palatable to a wide audience. So so I kind of I kind of worship at that because that's something that I would love to be able to do, and it's really not easy. It can be done, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I totally agree with that statement. Um, I I find that I don't have to relate to a comedian in order to enjoy them. Um, I'll hear jokes about someone's wife and kid. I'm like, oh, that sounds exactly like the wife and kids I think I'll have someday. Um, right. I don't want to give the wrong impression. I just sort of am, I'm thinking of like what you respond to immediately. Like I think it's understandable. Like it, it, it's not crazy that I would not that I would take to Tom Papa more than I would take to Taylor Tomlinson, and it's you know, or that Genevieve would take to Taylor Tomlinson more than she would take to Tom Papa. Like it's just 
you know, I mean, you're going to just it, it just speaks to you more like that's just the way it is. You know, that that's true of novels, too. I mean, you know, and it, and again, it's not that you can't enjoy it. And it's not that you that's why I was saying like Tom Papa. I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep on Tom Papa. He's been a comic for a really long time. He's a, he's really good. And Taylor Tomlinson also like I, I did watch the special. It's not like I just, I totally dismissed it. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Yeah. And the bit of Tom Papa that I did watch, I mean, I thought it was hilarious. But yeah, like you said, it's like just one that you like take to more immediately. I think, yeah. Yeah, like so what you know, what uh, what really gets you going? So, what topic would really turn you off in comedy? Let's start with Genevieve. Ooh. What, what what topic would really turn me off? Like what yeah, like you, meant, you mentioned you mentioned you mentioned yeah you mentioned dick jokes and I I totally get that I don't I actually don't um, except unless you're doing a show like a late night set I feel like you don't really need to be doing dick jokes. Yeah, I think um, uh, as far as like a specific topic, I I think there are a couple. I think uh, a type of comedy in general that I'm just really turned off to is when people start with like a really controversial topic and try to make jokes around it simply because they would like to talk about that controversial topic, not because they actually care about it that much, not because they, you know, thought of the joke first and then wanted to create something around it. It's like people who want to talk about controversial things for the sake of being controversial and for the sake of like, oh, I can say this because it's in a joke, so it's fine. Um, That stuff kind of grinds my gears quite a bit. Um, because, like, I, I think that, that controversial jokes, I think, can be very, very funny. Um, and I think that comedy is a great space to talk about certain things like that because um, a lot of times we do need to joke about these things. We do need some sort of a, a release off of this, this pressure around things like that. And we do need to be able to talk about these things and communicate. And I think that there is a way to do it. Um, but I think you need to be very, very careful when you do it, and your jokes need to be crafted impeccably well when you do it. Um, because I think if you're in if you're in the, the game of comedy to specifically just because you think it's fun to like offend people or talk about controversial topics, that's when you're gonna you're gonna lose me immediately. And I think it's really easy to tell um, if somebody's saying something just to be controversial, or if they really would like to talk about this topic and have spent a lot of time caring and, and crafting their material around it. Um, so I think that those, any, any topics like that that are approached incorrectly is, is when you're going to really turn me off. Mm, okay. Uh, how about you, Ben? You know, um, I'm not really turned off by any topic in particular. I'm turned off by intent. What's your intention of getting up on stage? If you're, like Genevieve said, going up there to be a horrible little troll and spread like some twisted message. I'm not going to be a fan of it. But if you get up and you do something a bit on a topic that is controversial, but you do it well and it's coming from a place where I'm just trying to make some jokes about it, I'm not trying to spread hate. It's not going to bother me. Okay, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I mean, I again, I try to give everyone as much latitude as I can. But I guess intent really does have a lot to do with it. Like if someone is just getting up there, like they just they, they, they just want to be offensive. And I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I I don't know that I find that so much with pro comics, but at the same time, it's I, I'm sure it's out there. Like I'm and there, there, there are people that do just want to push buttons. And that's mm-hmm. not to me a good way to go to go about things like that's just 
that's not what you want to do. You you want to be able to get up, um, you know, and tell your jokes. Like you know, when Chris Rock talks, when Chris Rock talks about stuff, or Dave Chappelle, or Bill Burr for that matter. And although I although I would say Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock are maybe a little better at it, um, even though Bill Burr is mm-hmm. obviously a phenomenal comedian. But it's or Judy Gold. Judy Gold can talk can talk about stuff. Uh, Joan Rivers could do it. That you know, it's because they're really good comics. Like they're able to talk about whatever, and it and it's okay because they're being really funny. And you know, maybe 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 they cross a line, but that's part of the comedian's job, at least according to Judy Gold. So you have to just dance up to that line, and you've got to really, you know, you you you've got to push. Um, otherwise, you're not you're not doing comedy right, which is something that I struggle with because most of my act is pretty nice. Like I don't really have a lot of political jokes. I, not, not that everybody has to be political, but I don't. I don't push that hard, and I and I'm trying to push a little harder. Right, but again, you also talk about someone like Jim Gaffigan. He's not controversial. He's like mac and cheese. Everybody loves mac and cheese. There's nothing spicy about it. It's not going to really stir up any big controversies. And he's phenomenal. Oh, absolutely! No, no, no. There's nothing. There's yeah. nothing wrong. I mean, I don't. Tom Pop is not a controversial comedian. I mean, he. Oh. It's you know, I mean, not, there's. Yeah, I mean, believe me, there. You, if you have a clean act, you can always work. I mean, that is something that I don't know if your teacher has said, but that has been said to me multiple times by multiple people, and it's a hundred percent true. You can always make a, you can always make a clean act dirty. It's a lot harder to make a dirty act clean. So, mm-hmm. you know, actually, if, if you want, if you want to work, work clean. Speaking of that, um, we were in person on Wednesday. At least I was with um, a, a, a small group in class, and Megan said, Ben. Stop swearing. It doesn't mean that you can't swear in comedy, but it's getting in the way of your act. It's not adding anything to it. And I tried it again. I didn't swear at all, and it was better the second time. It was cleaner. There's nothing in the story that needed to be dirty. Yeah, what Seinfeld says is that um, if if the curse is what's getting the laugh, then take it out. And if you can't get the laugh without the curse, then it's not a good joke, which I think is a great rule. that's actually exactly what she said to me. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So, I mean... But did she say it like this? <laughs> no, no, no Jerry Seinfeld impression. Uh, <laughs> I think everybody does a Seinfeld impression. I, I was watching a comic, and he, he he tried to do a Seinfeld impression, and he didn't really do it. And I was like, you don't have a Seinfeld impression? Like, you got to... I'm not saying my Seinfeld is like you close your eyes and he's there, but it's, but you know it's Seinfeld. <laughs> like, it's pretty clear what it is. I feel, oh. I feel like that's one you got to have in your back pocket. That's an easy one. Right. Oh, yeah, Actually, yeah, he does sure. a really good Seinfeld. Gilbert so, Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey oh, Gilbert has been Godfrey. doing Seinfeld since before Seinfeld was famous, is the reason it's so good. <laughs> I know. It, is, is it Gilbert Godfrey <laughs> used to do it at clubs when when Jerry was, like, just some guy, and he would do it for the staff, and Jerry hated it. Like, he, J- Jerry can't stand him, and I, which is just, I think, wonderful. I mean, Gilbert's amazing. <laughs> Gilbert, I have a friend who does a flawless Gilbert Godfrey impression. It's like you'd, you'd think it was him. It was, it was it's incredible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody's doing Jerry, and I, I think Jerry, I can't, I can't tell if Jerry's got a sense of humor about it or not. I've seen him at Gotham a bunch of times because he'll drop in on the new talent shows, and it's really cool to see him um, because he's there. He's up there with a notepad. And he's just, you know, he's like, let's see if this works, you know, and, he, and he's just flipping through his pages and he'll just try stuff out. And it's really interesting to see a guy like him, like, work through a joke. Like, I, I saw him um, about a year ago and then, well, I guess at this point it's been more like two years ago. And 
then a year later, and he had a new tag for a joke. And it was like, oh, Jerry's doing what I'm doing. You know, it was kind of cool. And also, there was one time he got up and he said he had been doing comedy with this person for 42 years. And I was just completely, that really knocked me out. Because, like, I'm not young, and he's been doing comedy almost as long as I've been alive. And that's just, that's incredible to me. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And the same thing. Like, he's been doing the same stuff. He's going to clubs, we're trying out jokes, put it, you know, maybe put it on special, do whatever. You know, like, that's, I mean, he has the comedians in cars, and he does a few other things. And obviously, in the interim, he did this TV show that was kind of popular. But in general, he's just been doing stand-up, you know, this whole time. And that's just, I mean, that's just amazing to me. I think it's great. I love it. Now, now, can, can either of you guys see yourselves continuing to do it? Ben, I guess you can, right, because you said this is what you've always oh. wanted to do. Yeah, 100%. Um, actually, Megan said that um, Dean Martin threw away, like, 90% of the jokes he ever had written. Um, some reminded was telling me about how Roddy Dangerfield, he owned the club, and every once in a while he'd go up with his little note card. If it was good, he'd stick in his pocket. If it was bad, he'd crumple up and throw it away. So it's kind of like a relaxing thing to know that if even 10% of what I write actually is good, that's like as good a margin of error as I'm ever going to get. And Genevieve, I mean, I know I'm sort of asking this again, but Genevieve, you, this is something you only kind of want to do. Like you're not really you're – not, you're not full on going to be doing this for 42 years. Yeah, I mean, definitely like a, a, next, a Netflix special is not something that is on my list of goals. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I've definitely had so much fun just going to open mics. I mean, I, I, I like – I love comedy a lot. Like, I watch a lot of specials, and I go to comedy shows, and I would go to open mics, you know, before this class and everything just to, like, watch. Um, but I would like, oh, I'd, I'd never – I'd never get up there. And now that I have it, it's kind of fun. It's, it's, I, I really do enjoy doing it, but it's not something that I, like, would like to work at, you know, career-wise, or I'm not – I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, I didn't go to an open mic today. I feel weird. I'm like, oh, God, I have I have to go to an open mic for class. Right. I'm going to throw up sort of a thing. So it's, it's a little, addic- fun, though, a little addictive, though, right? I mean, the, the, the experience of getting up is kind of addictive. Would you think that – would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely – I think I was very much like, oh, I'm just going to do – what I have to do for the open mics and then no more. But then I think my first one went better than I had anticipated. I was like, oh, not a single person is going to laugh at anything that I say. You know, my expectations were really low. And I think that helped because then, like, just getting one laugh, I was like, wow, I'm doing way better than anticipated. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the feeling. I mean, I'm, I'm an actor. I love being on stage and, and having attention and having people, you know, laugh at the things that I say. So, yeah, it definitely is addictive. Um, but it's it's more of like a fun a fun thing that you know is a nice community building sort of a thing and is is just a fun way to kind of like relax and, and kick back at an open mic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I mean, I did a show last night and it was late because it was in L.A. And you know, it was at first I was like, oh, I don't want to stay up, and then I, as soon as I got up, I was like, yes, comedy's awesome. I love doing comedy. <laughs> comedy's the yeah. best. It's terrific. Uh, let's see. So what other classes are you taking? Just out of curiosity. I'm currently, uh, in a Shakespeare class. Um, and then also in a voiceover class. Um, boy, you have a voiceover and, class. Yeah. I this do, is the greatest yeah. college ever. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's, we're really, really fortunate, um, in our, in our department. We have a lot of great faculty with a lot of just diverse backgrounds where they can, you know, have the ability to teach us all of these things. 
Um, yeah, so we're mainly working on commercials right now in our voiceover class, but we're getting into, like, movie trailers and audio books. We'll get into, like, medical jargon, things like that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really cool to be able to kind of explore that world as well. Hmm. Wow. How about you, Ben? Um, so I'm in a screenwriting class, um, a advanced writing seminar, uh, of course, the stand-up comedy class, acting one, and then stage combat. This is some school. All right, so this is University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Wow, I didn't know. I didn't know they had such a great arts program. Yeah, we're actually yeah, the it's... only UNESCO uh, World Heritage Site for City of Literature in North America. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. No, I, I don't. I just didn't know anything about the school. But this is. It sounds like you've got a particularly great arts curriculum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we definitely do. It's funny because I tell people like, oh, I want to be an actor. I'm going to school. You know, in Iowa, they're like, oh, well, good luck with that. But I'm like, no, no, I promise. Like, we actually have like a good a good program here. How are the acting classes virtually? Like, how do you, how does that how does that work? Oof, they're hard. Um, yeah, uh, I would imagine. I most of I don't I don't know about Ben's acting classes, but like my Shakespeare class um, is in person. But we there's only like six people in that class, um, and we're in like a really well ventilated building, and they keep us like six feet apart, and we wear the masks and the shields and all the, everything. Um, so that's nice to still be able to have the ability to be in person um, because Shakespeare. I don't know how we're gonna do that <laughs> virtually at all. Um, but, like, I mean, we also do shows and things like that. Like, I was just in a show called Effective by Charlie O'Leary, um, and that was completely done virtually on Zoom. So I'm, like, acting, you know, with people, like, through a Zoom camera, which is was, was a new experience, but I'm really surprised with how well, you know, the theater community is adapting to it all. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you don't have a choice. I mean, ultimately, you you got to do something, but... Um... That's that's definitely yeah. a class that there are certain obviously a literature class or a writing class or I'd say even a stand up comedy class like stand up comedy on Zoom is not ideal but it works you know it can be done whereas acting with somebody obviously is going to be a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so this has been great. You guys are you guys have been awesome. So I really appreciate you coming on. And, yeah, uh, thanks for so having us. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be back next week, and everyone, please stay safe. And um, also vote. It is time to vote. Every every year on this podcast, I always remind you to vote. So Election Day is November, uh, November 3rd, and please, please, please get out there and vote. All right, have a great day. All right, thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.